0: Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Is this thing on? Hello? Can you hear me? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I know you can hear me. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Campfire Adventures. It's me, Dylan, your host. And I'm back again, once again, to tell you a story of some crazy, creepy, but cool creature. And we are in the wonderful state of Wisconsin. I do have a surprise. Because I'm back on the road again, you know, I left my friends in South Dakota and all this time I thought, huh, you know, how am I going to get through these recordings? You know, sometimes being alone, it's not the best to record, but I have a special guest and that special guest is all the way in California. It's my OG best friend named Lori. So hi, Lori. Hi. I'm so happy. You guys, we've tried to talk on the phone and get this thing recorded for a Good couple minutes, and we finally got it to be clear and nice in, in this recording. So I hope it sounds like that once we finish editing. But thank you so much for being here, Lori. I have a great story to share with you today, and I'm happy that you get to share it with me.
1: Me too. I'm excited
0: and then everybody out there in podcast line you guys are super cool for listening i hope you're enjoying the journey this trip isn't just for me like although i get to see all this stuff and like experience it all like i want to share it with you so that's why i post all the pictures on the website and on the instagram and the facebook but like i said we're in wisconsin we're right next to the milwaukee bay and it's so pretty there's tons of boats and ships coming around and people coming we're sitting right next to a lighthouse which you'll see that picture later on and we'll talk about it later on but before I keep going off on this tangent it's time to relax grab a drink we're in the city of Milwaukee and I'm ready to get into today's story What I think is really cool is that we've honestly been able to record an episode at each stop during this trip. And what's even crazier is that who knew that America had so many monsters? Like, I even considered maybe I should move out of the country. Maybe I should move to, a different, you know, somewhere just to be safe. Maybe Atlantis will take me. But as we know with this podcast, there are monsters all over the world. And since I decided to do this road trip across America, I might as well stay in America for now and continue to talk about some of the stories that I have written out for you. Okay, so picture it. Alcorn, Wisconsin, during the 1930s. Now, don't worry. We'll get into the name of the town later. But if you're wondering if you keep hearing the time frame of the 1930s coming up in a lot of the podcasts that we talked about, You're not crazy because we have always said that a lot of these creatures had become really famous during the 1930s. Now I'm gonna do a deeper dive later about that because I need to figure out why the 1930s were so prevalent with monsters. But before I keep going off on this one, let's get into what today's story is. So picture it, Elkhorn, Wisconsin, 1930s. In this city, there's a road called Bray Road. But this road isn't just known to the locals as a place to turn left or right to get to the nearest McDonald's. It's also known to the locals as a place that is the origin spot of today's creature. So back in the 1930s, we're introduced to a man named Ron Rice, and he worked as a transporter for fertilizer in different cities around Elkhorn. And it was during the month of May, uh, one day Ron was making a delivery to one of his customers and out of the corner of his eye, He saw something or someone out of the ordinary, like he couldn't put his finger on it, but he knew that it didn't fit in with everything around it. So he looked at the creature and what he described was that it stood taller than eight feet tall, covered in hair all over its body. The color was kind of a combination of a brown gray color. And apparently this creature had also seen Ron looking at him, but it proceeded to pick something up. He didn't know what it was. It just picked it up looked at him one more time, and turned and walked away. Okay. I get what you might be thinking. And I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it it, you know, maybe it was just a hot day because today's kind of a hot day. It's like cloudy, but hot and humid. And maybe he was just working because, I mean, transporting fertilizer seems like it's kind of hard labor right there so maybe it was just a super hot day in may and maybe he overworked himself and maybe his mind was just playing tricks on him and he was probably looking at the neighbor you know mowing the lawn or something and he's like dang that guy looks crazy you know uh,
1: <laughs>
0: but that makes would sense. make yeah but that would make sense and that might be the right attitude if ron had in fact only seen the creature once So a couple weeks later, while he was on a work assignment, once again, in the same town, around the same area, Ron saw an abnormally tall creature, covered in thick hair. Now, remind you, this sounds exactly familiar. It sounds just like the creature he saw previously. And as it did previously, the creature paused for a second because it noticed that once again, Ron was staring at it. And they both exchanged glances. And as it did before, it turned around and walked away. So, so far, I mean, usually when we talk about this, we have a lot more to go off of. But so far, all I've done was share a couple of shady sightings of some hairy creature. But like, how is that supposed to scare you? Because there's no factual evidence or nothing building up on it. But I'm just giving you the first story of one of the first reports in the 1930s of when this creature was saw. So staying in the 1930s, there was another well-documented sightings of Brave Rhodes' mysterious creature. A man named Mark Shackleman worked as a security guard at a school in Jefferson City, which is not too far away from Elkhorn. Contrary to Ron's Rice sighting, this one didn't happen during the day. This one was at night. And yes, it's still me. So I'm just saying, if I'm just saying, if I needed to work a job where I would walk different grounds, even if it's a school ground, I would need all the strength in the world to be able to survive that job. Because you don't know what's out there. You don't know... You know, who knows that you're working that shift or whatever. But, you know, you're a security guard, so you got to do what you got to do. So he's going around. He's making his rounds. And one night, he saw a shadowy figure moving around in, like, a hunched position. It was working its way through the dirt, almost kind of like a dog trying to bury something. The creature noticed that Shackleman was watching him. And it picked up its head and looked directly at him. Again, another eyewitness describing this creature as being tall and covered in hair. But this time, Mark Shackleman was able to take the description one step further and said that the body of this creature was manlike and that the head of this creature was kind of shaped like a wolf or a bear. So it's just building and building upon this mysterious Bray Road creature that we don't know if it exists or doesn't exist. But now here's a second sighting where we see it. They both exchanged a glance and before Mark knew it, the creature disappeared into the night. So the next day, Mark came to work, shaken, I'm sure, but he still had a job to do. So he made the rounds once again during the evening. If you could believe it, the creature was there at the same place that he had saw him yesterday, doing the exact same thing. Now, this time, Mark had a flashlight with him, so he pointed it directly at the creature. He was trying to see if what he saw last night was just his imagination. And maybe this thing wasn't actually anything crazy. Maybe it was just a dog and... You know, for some reason, he thought it was bigger than it was. So he was just trying to see what it was. Well, not only would it have been nice if it was a dog, but this time, with the light flashed on it, Mark was able to see that this creature had fangs, similar to that of a canine, so maybe like a wolf or a bear. And then even that, with the light on the creature's mouth, he could see that it was kind of growling at him. So when he saw this... He was just shocked and scared stiffless. You know, he couldn't move. He couldn't go anywhere. But the creature continued to look at him and then turned his back and ran off into the night. And that was the last time that Mark ever saw this creature again. So what did Mark and Ron see? What is the significance of this Bray Road? Okay, so this creature, if you wouldn't believe it, is called the Beast of Bray Road. What? Or did you say something?
1: no no i'm listening oh. i'm trying to oh. picture this dog that's like eight foot tall and kind of i, I was picturing like a, a bigfoot
0: oh we're gonna get us uh, perfect okay so the creature's called the beast of bray road i know with everything that we learned so far it's pretty much obvious that the creature's name was the beast of bray road i mean i was calling it the mysterious creature from bray road but it's known to the locals as the beast of bray road some claim that this creature is actually a bigfoot so just like you said It's some type of Bigfoot that's roaming the grounds. And then other people like to argue that it's a werewolf, because we talked about that in the werewolf episode. It's huge, you know, has fangs, has a dog-like body, but combination of that with the man. So some people are like, no, it's not a Bigfoot, it's a werewolf. But what do we know so far about this 2 sightings? So the creature stands taller than eight feet tall, has the body of a man, is covered head to toe with brown gray hair. It has fangs, And then the head is the shape or, you know, consistency of that of one of a bear or wolf. So it kind of sounds like a werewolf to me, but like more specific, I guess, to Wisconsin. There's one report that said that the footprint that was left behind by the creature was 15 inches long. So this thing is pretty formidable. And then not only have you heard that it's kind of like hunched over and can walk on all fours, But when it looks at these guys, like, eye to eye, I don't know if I really went into detail, it's standing on two feet. So it's not just like a bear. It's not just like a wolf. Like, I mean, I guess they could stand on two feet if they wanted to, but I'm sure not for as long as some type of werewolf or Bigfoot could. Although there have been many sightings of this creature with Ron Rice and then Mark Shackleman, we haven't heard any reports of anyone actually ever being attacked. So... Should we actually be afraid of this creature? I mean, I don't know. And then I know that I said earlier that I wanted to tell you more about the Alcorn, Wisconsin story and how that city got its name. So real quick, let's get into that. The theory I have surrounding this name is just my own theory. I didn't like look it up. I didn't see somebody else talk about it. I was just thinking this in my head. So back in the 1800s, when the first settlers had made their way into the area of where Alcorn, Wisconsin is, I guess when one of the first settlers had had gotten to the area of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, he noticed that there was a pair of Elkhorns that were stuck in the tree. And that alone was the reason that they decided to call the city Elkhorn, because that's what they saw. Now, hear me out. It might sound crazy, but, you know, maybe before these settlers had made their way into the area, the creature that called the area home was, in fact, the Beast of Bray Road. The Beast of Bray Road. And so what I'm trying to say is, like, without any people there maybe there was no competition and maybe this beast had decided that elk would be his prey and so maybe at some point he had eaten an elk and then left behind the horns in a tree just because I mean he could and there was no competition and he didn't have to hide his kills or anything like that so maybe that's just the leftovers of one of his meals I might be crazy and if no one knows how they actually got there in the first place, then how are we supposed to say that the beast wasn't potentially the reason why they got there? You know.
1: I'm just You know, you know what I was thinking and it's really gross, but I saw this video of a deer walking across like a country road mm-hmm. and the deer had another set of antlers uh, like connected like hooked to his antlers mm-hmm. and a partial skull of another deer. So he had been headbutting with another deer and Taken part of the skull and the set of antlers off with his antlers. Oh my and gosh! It was stuck, it just rotted there, and he's just walking around with this like skeleton.
0: Oh of... gosh, could you imagine? It, I,
1: I never seen anything that grossed me out so much, but that's what I was thinking of when it's like maybe this isn't the beast's, beast's own antlers, but some kind of weird form of conquest, you know
0: that's yeah so that's what i'm saying like because he doesn't have antlers so i'm saying like maybe he just left it there just to be like this is you know this is my hunting ground kind of thing
1: look at what i can do
0: yeah well i mean if i saw it i'd be like you know what i don't think i want to live somewhere where i see elk horns just hanging around okay so at least i'm not alone with that theory and i mean i don't want to completely scare anyone away from elk horn because if you didn't know, which I think is pretty cool, they're actually known as the Christmas card town right now because of the cards that they make with their oral paintings. And they've been known for Christmas cards for a long time. And then they also have this county fair that is frequented by over 100,000 people. So, I mean, it's there's plenty of stuff to go out there to see. And I mean, if you want to go out there and see Bray Road, just, you know, on some visit and you want to put it on your list, I'm just saying this creature, we don't know if he's real or not. All I know is I wouldn't wanna be his next meal. So I wanna talk to y'all about one last sighting before we end the episode. Okay, this sighting happened at the end of the 1990s. So this young woman was driving her car one rainy day in Elkhorn, and she got to Bray Road, and as she was driving, she hit something, but didn't see what it was. So she stopped the car and got out to check on what she saw which sent chills down her spine. Standing tall behind her car, covered with hair, gray and brown, with canine characteristics, stood the one and only Beast of Grey Road. Quickly, she got into her car and drove off, but the beast had rushed after her and was able to get onto her trunk. The woman swerved here and there, but wasn't able to shake him. She continued to swerve, and as the rain continued to fall, eventually the Bray Road beast fell off her car, and she drove off in the distance, leaving behind the legend that had come to claim Bray Road as its home. She later reported what had happened to her, and eventually other people in the city started to come forward with similar stories. So initially we started off with two reports from the 1930s, and we thought, hey, you know, it's finally becoming famous. And then stories started to pick up again in the 80s. But the 90s is when people actually came together and started to say a lot of the reports of the sightings of this creature. And so it started to get more and more popular around that time. Now, more recently, sightings have kind of like fallen off, which I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because we don't know how long this creature could actually live for. I mean, at this point, he's 90 years old, so I'm not sure how long the brave beast can actually live. But I think I'd like to end the story for today's podcast here. We've covered a lot of different stories about this creature. We don't know like if he's actually going to hunt humans or like want to harm us. But we do know that he's not scared to, like, kind of, he's not scared to come and confront us. So with Mark Shackleman, he was growling at him because he saw that he was looking at him. And then with this last young woman, you know, who was driving her car, it actually jumped on her trunk. So he's not scared, but then he's not, like, hungry or bloodless hungry to come after the car itself. And lastly, one last piece of information. They actually made a movie called The Beast of Bray Road. And then there's also a documentary that just came out recently. It's a short one. But they talked to people of Elkhorn. And then they asked them, like, do you believe in the beast? Do you believe that it lives here? And, of course, with any mythical thing, there's a lot of people who support the idea that there's this beast out there. And then there's a lot of people who say, like, oh, no, this is crazy. You know, people are crazy for even believing it. But anyway, so we're in Wisconsin. And the story that I had for you was of The Beast of Bray Road and the guest i have is of course lori so what did you think of the story lori
1: i liked it because i like the i because i love the idea of firstly the Loch Ness monster he's my favorite and then secondly um bigfoot mm-hmm. i i like this one
0: it's like it, similar it, like, holds on to the ideas. Like.
1: Yeah, and, and what's weird is, like, it's just on that road. You know what else I thought of when thinking, especially because it was just, like, on this road in particular and not too many sightings that are, like, all over the globe?
0: Mm. is um,
1: the island of Dr. Monroe. So the idea of some mad scientist living in some random oh. little house on that road just using his own genetics and some other weird thing to conjure up this.
0: Oh, I I never heard of that before, but I mean, maybe. Maybe it's a shapeshifter. Imagine if that was the case, and that's why he lives on that road, too. Yeah. I guess the possibilities are endless with that. But, you know, like we talked about with a lot of the creatures during this road trip, like a lot of them are specific to these states. Like, some people were trying to say that it was a wendigo, which is what we talked about in Minnesota, but I don't think so. I mean, the wendigo was completely... Like, similar, but so different at the same time. And it, it's just cool. It's cool that these stories are so unique to each state. And you, like you said, even just this one road, it makes it more interesting. Like, it adds more culture to everywhere I've stopped so far. Yeah. But so far, Wisconsin's been pretty cool. I was going to camp on the St. Croix River, which is, like, right at the edge of Minnesota and Wisconsin. But there was a thunderstorm last night, so I decided that I'd actually get a hotel around here instead. But I ended up going to the river anyway, and I took some beautiful pictures of it, and I went into the National Park Museum that was right there, and the guy working there, his name was David, and he had so much information. He said that the lake itself, or not lake, the river itself housed over 41 different freshwater clams and mussels, and then they helped get rid of a lot of the toxins and pollutants in the area, and then also there are tons of beavers that live in that river, you know, that little riverway and stuff like that. So it was really cool because even though I just got to stop there, it was so pretty and beautiful and, you know, seeing it all, kayaks and canoes and stuff, but with the storm coming, I decided to come a little bit more inland, and that's how I got to stop here in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee's been definitely a reminder of city life, you know, there's a little bit better places, a little bit bad places, but I found this little beautiful park next to the Milwaukee Harbor, and... There's a lighthouse here. The city looks really pretty, and I had enough signal to talk to you and record this episode, so that makes it that much better.
1: Thank you. I I enjoyed it. I can't wait to see your pictures too.
0: Yeah, okay. So the pictures, like I always say at the end, they're going to be on Facebook and Instagram at Campfire Adventures Podcast. And then I always put a lot more on the the behind-the-scenes page on my website, so www. www.campfireadventurespodcast.com And, um, yeah, the pictures are so cool. You're going to like them. I got Superman and a lot of the pictures by the harbor. Ollie's been chilling in the car. And Aww. we have so many more places to hit up on this road trip. We're about a fourth of the way done, so that's awesome. But I'm glad that you got to listen to it, and I'm glad you enjoyed the story. And your input was really great, too. Thank you. So I think we're going to end it there. And you're welcome, of course. But thank you for being part of the podcast. Thank you all for listening to Podcast Land. And don't forget to follow us and keep enjoying the stories. If you have comments or whatever, just message me or put them on Instagram or Facebook. Or make sure to give us five stars when you're listening. But thank you all for listening as always, whether this is the morning or at night. I truly appreciate it. Have a great morning. Have a great night. And then any sounds you did hear are because we are, in fact, right by the Milwaukee Bay. So we're outside and you're going to hear people walking, cars driving by, music playing, boats going by. Just all this fun city life happening. But thanks for being here today. I hope you guys can like the episode and listen to the next one. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you.
0: Bye. Thank you.